Health is not that hard. Well, it doesn't have to be. That's why we cut through all the highbrow golf BS to give you what you really need to know to enjoy the golfing experience. I'm Doug Smith. And I'm Cheyenne Woods. And together we have over 50 years experience playing the game of golf at every level. Every week we'll break down a new topic in 10 minutes or less, answering some of the most popular questions in golf today. You're welcome. Welcome to Birdies Not BS Special Edition. We're doing an extra special episode today where I, Maribel Quesada-Smith, the producer yep. of Birdies Not BS, gets to interview... Wait, did I say gets? Get to interview. <laughs> Either way, get, gets, let it out. I get to interview. I get to interview Cheyenne and Doug. Woohoo. Yay. So we get a little bit more personal. Uh-oh. People want to get to know your story. People want to get to know who you are. So I don't know about all that. Thank you for putting up with me throughout this process. I appreciate you. <laughs> all right. So I want to get started with like a rapid fire set of questions. Yep. So I'm just going to ask you a question. I'm going to trade on and off from okay. between you guys and just answer the first thing that comes to mind. So Cheyenne, favorite color? Purple. Doug, favorite golf course? Beth Page Black. Ooh, Ooh fancy. Wait. Ah, it's a hard question. Oh, uh, no, you can't take <laughs> it back. It. I know I said it. It's out. It's out. <laughs> Cheyenne, favorite song? Ever. Usher, nice and slow. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic, guys. It, it, it's a classic. I had Whatever. that CD, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> Doug, favorite thing to wear? Clothes and draws. What? Cheyenne, favorite <laughs> golf know. course? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, oh, Band and Dunes. Oh, that sounds good. Doug, favorite color? Oh, mine's blue. UK blue, baby. Let's go. Cheyenne, <laughs> favorite thing to wear? Tennis shoes. Okay. And Doug, favorite song? I don't have a favorite song. There's so much good music. I don't want to disrespect one. One. Oh, pick no. one. One I artist. Have one. Favorite artist. Uh, uh, Usher, nice and slow. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. No. Um, uh, T-Pain, all I do is win. Okay. All right. To get you lit, though, right? <laughs> win, 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 no matter what. Sure. So first question for you guys. Yep. When did you fall in love with golf? Oh, like when did you fall in love with hip hop? Yeah, right? no, this is brown sugar all over again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I ever decided. I think it was just always, it was part of me for so so long since I was a kid that as I grew up, it was already like woven into the fabric of who I was as a person. So I don't think I ever had a chance to really fall in love with the game. I just knew that I needed to get better at something. And it was that thing that I kept chasing to try to try to get better and better and play to the next level and get to the next level. So I, I was more intrigued by it. it was the fact that it was a game you couldn't win. But me being, you know, this kid, I thought that I could beat it somehow. So it was like this, this, this search to try to play the game. So that's kind of, I don't know. I guess it was. Uh, I can't extra- describe it. I love never really. I never really fell in love with golf. I just always loved it. Like since I could comprehend. I would say similar to Doug. I don't really know life without golf, and so for me, it's just been more so a growth and evolution of love with golf. As a child, it was something that I was good at. It was fun. Um, I had friends. I love to compete, and it was always a challenge. And I love that. And now, as a professional golfer, I have that deep passion for it to where it's something that is a lifestyle for me and something that not only I've created a life around, but it's also created a livelihood for me. So it's something that I just, I genuinely enjoy and love to do. So for me, it's just been an evolution of, of that love since I started playing at six years old. If you did not play professional golf or work in the golf industry, what would you be doing right now? 
I've always loved media and TV. And so I'd probably be doing, some, doing something media related, definitely around sports. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, definitely something around sports because I've been around sports my whole life. So I can't imagine doing something outside of that. So something with a microphone or a camera or anything on TV. Yeah. If only we had a camera and a microphone I right know. now. I should, I should start to get into that maybe. Right. <laughs> what about you, um, For me, I'd probably be... I'd probably be a chef at a restaurant person. You can't cook. You out your mind, girl. <laughs> you out your mind. Actually, he can. Me cooking is like you hitting fairways. It's automatic. All right. Automatic. No, I, I'd definitely be. I would have went to culinary school. That's cool. Had I known about other institutions that had like golf yeah. and like cooking school. That's so, awesome. But yeah, for me, that's where I'd be if, if I wasn't playing and around the game of golf. Let's go. So who is the one person in your life that has always supported your career and life aspirations. I can't say one person. Like it would disrespect so many people to just pick one person. I feel like everybody that I consider a friend has encouraged me along the way. It's always so diplomatic. I know. No, I can't. Like <laughs> stand by I mean, on, one Doug. statement. Um, one person. I'd probably say my sister though, for real. Like my sister's always been the person that's correct answer. Always, <laughs> always thought I could. Like she'd never uh, lets me think that I can't do something. So I'd probably say my sister, especially after we lost my mom. So mm. I'd probably say my sister's been the rock that kind of makes me kind of push forward. And and uh, every time I do something like cool, I always FaceTime her so she can uh, experience oh. like like with me. So That's the best. Yeah. Family. I would say my mom would have been mine, is mine. From a young age, she was the one taking me to golf lessons, taking me to tournaments you know she's kind of she's my biggest cheerleader I've, still before every round she'll text me she doesn't play golf but she'll text me good luck she'll text me after a bad round something positive so definitely you know my mom's been that person that I know I can depend on and no matter whether things are good or bad she still loves me so all is good isn't that beautiful I'm not even going to be mad that you didn't mention me yeah Doug. but you said personally your whole life though <laughs> and in like, case I know you the just listeners got, you don't just, know. You just got here. Like, but in case you know the listeners about? don't know, these two are married. So <laughs> I put a ring on it. She got lucky. Yeah. And we're sitting in our kitchen. Yo, yeah. yeah, well, hey, welcome to the house. This is our crib. For the people that's watching the, the feed of this, you, you are in our living spaces. Welcome. All right. So next question. Why did you want to start Birdies Not BS? Why I do this? I think it's a unique way to give back to the golf community. You know, people are always talking about growing the game, growing the game this way or that way. And we found a specific way that we love to do and something that felt natural to us. And with you being a producer already, Doug's here and knows a lot about golf. It was just, I think it was a natural relationship to kind of do something like this, put it out once a week for people. There's a lot of overwhelming information. And I think that we kind of were able to break down some of that and just give you pure content. So, I mean, I enjoy it too. I think it's fun. It's something different for me other than competing. So from the first day we started talking about it, I, I loved it. I'm not going to give the real answer. I'm going to go ahead and give, <laughs> give a different answer. Please give us a real answer because this is the real the deal. Real, the this real, is okay, you want, not BS. This no BS. BS. I was told that my, my wife and Cheyenne cooked up this idea. <laughs> And they were like, we got an idea for a podcast, so we're going to do this and thing. And you are in it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> word. And then there was a whole bunch of equipment that magically showed up thanks to a certain internet ordering company. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> and once everything showed up, we was we was live action. So, no, but honestly, you know, I feel like, you know, Cheyenne said something in an episode a while back that so many things happen in golf, so many milestones, and people always look for where the minorities are and where are these, these, these positive things around the game of golf. But when they actually happen... 
nobody's there to celebrate it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Cheyenne said in the, in the episode, where you at? Like, yeah. you know, talking about different events and milestones she's had in her career uh, with other minority players as well. So what, what I want to do is I want to be able to make it our voice, okay? Like if these larger golf organizations that are looking for and claiming to look for diversity and, and have all these different initiatives and these these random things that don't reach the target population, I think I'm proud, uh, and I hope Cheyenne is proud too, for us in our way to put that effort on our back. I mean, that's what that's why I do this. I want to be able to look at the other golf organizations that's that have these these efforts, but they're hosting events at country clubs where kids can't get to via bus routes and in their areas where kids can go on to Spotify or Stitcher or Apple and and hear something about golf. That's from somebody that kind of looks and feels like they are from the kind of the same walk of life. So I think being able to provide that context while being able to look like the same person. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't like the idea that somebody's telling me or trying to reach me, but you don't look like me. You don't, you don't, you don't know my struggle, know my walk. Right. So I feel like that's, that's a, uh, an opportunity that Cheyenne and I can give uh, to people out there that listen to this show because, I mean, this is what we love. This is what we do, and this mm-hmm. is what we appreciate. So that's why, that's why I do it. Yeah, and I agree, especially in golf media and the golf industry in general. It lacks the diversity and it lacks the voice that I think we are, in a way, putting out there now. And no matter what you're doing, what business or what industry, representation is so important. So for me, that's something that I'm really proud of that we're doing is having that representation of people that we grew up around or people that we didn't see on TV or hear on the radio talking about something that we love to do. And you know what? That's a really good segue to my next question because we have talked about, and you guys specifically talked about your experiences as people of color in the game. some are great, some are not. What do you think is the most crucial thing that is preventing the game from reaching a more diverse demographic? And why does it matter? Uh, I've always said accessibility to the sport, accessibility to uh, the consistent, just even as a kid, being able to go after school or going on the weekends. Um, Golf is not always the cheapest thing or the easiest thing to get to. Um, So programs definitely help that accessibility and that, I guess, just a way for people to to get out there more consistently. Because um, that was something that I struggled with when I was young. My mom and I would just go to the park down the street because we, one, we didn't know, and two, golf was expensive. And so I think that is one of the, the biggest hurdles that's that's hurting golf and the growth of it. I don't know, man. I think I think one of the things that's hurting golf is everybody wants to do things through the game of golf, right? But that, that have actually nothing to do with golf. Like you look at these various organizations that that are teaching these kids um, these life lessons through golf, but just playing the sport, you get the lessons anyway. Like you know what I'm saying? You're gonna to learn honesty and judgment and character and conscientiousness. Those things are learned through just golf. Period. Like being at the course. I forgot where I was going with this point, but I did want to say <laughs> that. Happens that. A lot, I did want to make that statement clear. I wanted to put that out there. What was the question again? My bad. I had a point, but I wanted to say that out loud. What What do you think is the most crucial thing that is preventing the game from reaching a wider demographic, and why is that? Why does that oh, matter? Oh man, that's easy. I think here's the thing. You got a bunch. Long you, story you, short, you got older. You got older white men trying to reach out to a diverse population, right? You look at all these organizations up and down the business of golf. There's no black people. There's no, there's no Latino people. And when I say none, I mean there's a lack of. There's not as many diverse candidates or, or employees as there are older white ones, right? Or even women. Right, or even you women. Know? Like, my thing is, like, how is an old white dude really going to talk to me on a level that I want to follow 
whatever he has to or, offer or yeah, do. Or even right? yeah, as golfers understand the struggles that some people have within their communities Absolutely. of being able to play and being able to travel and compete. A lot of people who might be in those leadership roles cannot, they're not able to relate. Absolutely. Like, you know, if, if, if more people were to look as, as we look right in this, in this camera shot, you got three different hues right here, three different cultures, you know, you're biracial, you're Mexican, I'm black. But at the end of the day, this is not what the representation looks like at the top of these golf organizations. So you have these these non-minorities trying to be diverse. So how, how are they supposed to know? Like, you know what I mean? How- and it's not that they don't want to. It's that they yeah. don't have the same perspective. Right. So exactly. they and they how can they know that if they exactly. don't have that perspective? How, how can, can they, they know, know if they've never been exposed? Right. Obviously, you do need more leadership. Yeah. In those ranks there needs to be more that, that has that, yeah, exactly, that you know, has that perspective. And that's yeah. the thing. I'm not hating on old white dudes. Old white dudes is cool. Like I love old white dudes. Y'all, yeah. uh, y'all cool with me. But at the same time, you can't, you can't go certain places that I can go, uh, or you can't go certain places a minority could go or a woman can go as it relates to reaching out to a younger demographic and in some of these lower socioeconomic places. Like, uh, no offense, well, but they can't relate to that. But you look at some of these people are higher up in these organizations, not to call anybody out, but they would feel really awkward going into some of these urban communities or these lower socioeconomic communities to talk about the game of golf. They would feel really uncomfortable, thus making golf not even look cool, mm-hmm. as cool as it could be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Well, like you had mentioned in another episode, Tony Finau and Cameron Champ going out to L.A. to the lower income community and giving a clinic to kids. And I think that's really what the younger generations need in order to connect and relate to people within the golf industry. Absolutely. Those kids would probably change forever. Yeah. The yeah. fact that Tony and Cam went out into the area where the kids were, right? right? They met they met them on their block. Yes. They didn't bust them into the golf course. To this exclusive right, country this, club. That, that they'll never come back never to had, ever, yeah. right? Right. And, and they all went in. And I credit a lot Jeff Champ and, and Foley and those guys that, that went out there with Cam and Tony because that's what it takes. Right. It takes some people that look like the, the kids on the block mm-hmm. to show up to the block and instruct and lead. Yeah. You can't have guys in suits that are so far removed from these kids that they can't communicate. And these right. kids don't want to listen. Like, you know. Well, it's totally different to, to also implement a program from your office than going to the community Absolutely. and actually meeting mm-hmm. these people, talking to these people, and having conversations about their needs and what what you know what they want out of the game of golf meeting them where they are so yeah there's definitely a gap and i think that i would i would love to see growth in that Mm -hmm. area when it comes to leadership and golf yeah more people of color more women you know i want to know i'd like to to ask golf a question though sometimes right like how hard is it really to hire a candidate of a diverse background. Right. I do want to say, though, something really exciting in the golf community, the PGA of America. Um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. They have a female president yeah, now, I Susie saw Whaley, that. which is awesome. Nice. And um, this year, Renee Powell, who was the third African African-American woman on the LPGA, just became a member of the board of the PGA of America. That's fantastic. So wow, it's because really exciting. That was not the case just a few months ago, right? Exactly. So it's this just very, happened. very new. And I think with women like Susie Whaley as president, she's yeah. able to open the door for other women, other open. perspectives. Yeah. And that's exactly what golf needs. So it's, yeah. it'll be exciting to see what changes they can make. And it's all good. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's great. To, I'm glad to know that. And, yeah. and uh, Renee Powell is a pioneer. She's an amazing person and she stood for 
for for the game of golf in a positive way for forever. I mean, her father was a PGA professional, so she's she's amazing. But I just want to make the point though, like it wasn't that hard for Susie to appoint Renee. Like, right? Right. I wonder what kind of hoops and hurdles she had to to jump and political battles she may have had to fight to make that a reality. Like, yeah, and the fact that it's 2019, right? Or even I don't know when Susie was uh, appointed president, but. When she became president, I mean, the PGA of America has been around for how long? 1916. 1916, thank you. And for Susie now to be president, the first female. Yeah, 2018 was when she was appointed. The first female president. And I'm glad to see Um, she's making some things shake. Yeah, she's uh, very well deserving, so it's exciting to see. But in the same breath, there's other organizations besides the PGA of America that that are, are led by majority single demographic background men, right? I mean, I'm not trying to call no, nobody out, but it's, it can't be this hard to not recruit folks right. of diverse backgrounds to these boards and, and to be included in these conversations. It's not that difficult. Yeah, I agree. Who do you think are some of the people or organizations that are helping change this? Can you think of any? I mean, I'll say the World Golf Foundation. I'll go ahead and say the USGA, RNA, but they also need the OEMs and other uh, big box brands around the game of golf to adopt the same policy. So I give a huge shout out to, you know, what people like Steve Schloss and um, Steve Mona are doing with the, the World Golf Foundation. And, and But I also believe that some other organizations could be doing a lot more. Uh, I don't want to call anybody out, make anybody feel left Do out. It. But I feel like... <laughs> We're uh, getting real, real right now. I mean, no, I just, <laughs> I, you know, I understand... I understand the game of golf as a conduit to this grandeur life and these grandeur things, right? I mean, you play golf, you learn these skills, you get these talents. But I feel like at the end of the day, we need to really look at the mirror of how our boards look, um, how our chairman look, how our CEOs look, how our CFOs look, how our business development folks look. All those people need to represent the larger community that we live in. Um, And until that changes, nothing will change. But can we say, like, why is it so important to see people like you that reflect your community in these positions? I think that's the that's a very important question to answer. Like a lot of people will say, why does it matter? Color shouldn't matter. Race shouldn't matter. Here's why it matters, in my opinion. I never thought that I could do certain things until I started seeing people that look like me doing those things. I mean, I've heard stories of little girls who look at you, Cheyenne, who have curly hair like me, and they say, oh, my God, I didn't know that I could even wear my hair hair like that. I didn't know that I could be a golfer. Look, she looks like me. I didn't know that I could be, you know, in the entertainment or in the production industry until I started seeing people doing that that were of my background. So it does matter. It does matter. I think, I think people try to shelter themselves from the idea that race is just not a factor. Everybody wants to be so PC. But it really does. The representation makes people realize that there are things that they can achieve that they didn't think they could before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at, you look at Tony and Cam and, and Harold Varner. You can't tell me that they're not making a huge difference in some kids' lives out there that look at them, Cam being biracial, Harold being black. Tony being a Polynesian background. You can't tell me that people aren't looking at them saying, I can do that. You can't tell me there's some Samoan kids, some Tongan kids that aren't looking at Tony thinking, damn, if he got off the island, I can do the same thing. I can go to these heights, right? And, and, and Tony accepts those responsibilities, you know? So I got a lot of respect for, for those guys that in the positions that are reaching back, right? That are reaching back to, to help even those kids in those communities. 
So switching gears a little bit, Cheyenne, I want to explore the topic of sexism a little bit more. We talked about sex, sexism in golf in one of our latest episodes. And the reason I want to go deeper is because we had a lot of interesting biases come up during that episode when it dropped. <laughs> a lot of people had things to say. Naturally. <laughs> and it seemed to be a harder topic to swallow than the racism episode. I That's think you would crazy. agree. I, I don't know I don't if know. you guys noticed that, but I saw in the responses that I saw, it was definitely yeah. a harder topic for people to deal with. Mm. Why do you think that is? Because golf is male dominated. When it comes to race, I mean, you see a little bit of everything. Um, obviously, there is a minority in golf, but when it comes to sexism, it is a male-dominated sport, and women just have this stereotype of not being good at golf, not being welcomed. And you know, when we mentioned, I did see a lot of comments about the tees, and people don't like them not being called ladies' tees or men's tees. I don't understand why that's such a big issue, but people got really upset about it and defensive. And yeah. really, I think it's just the history of it and, and kind of the, the culture of a golf course being a boys club. Um, and unfortunately, that's just the society and the culture that we live in. But I think that's why it was a little bit difficult for people to digest. I think it's very interesting, too, to see that there was a lot of support for the racism episode, you know, the, the racism and golf episode. But when it came to the sexism and golf episode, it's like people didn't know how to take it. And I would say largely it has to do with the fact that the demographic is primarily male in golf. Mm -hmm. But also it brought up some interesting yeah. biases. I mean, to be honest, I had the conversation with Doug on the sidelines where, you know, he asked me, hey, we're posting all these things, you know, sh sh are we leaving people out? Are we going to alienate the guys? And I'm and I'm telling him no. And this is my personal opinion. I'm not representing all of you. I'm just saying, I don't think that highlighting women's women's achievements in golf is alienating any man because right. it is a male dominated sport. And we talk about men in golf all year long. Mm -hmm. So to take one month out of the year to really mm -hmm. highlight some of these ladies, it, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I would equate that to saying, instead of Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Right. Just because you're saying Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that other lives don't matter. We're just right. saying, hey, Black Lives Matter, just so you know. Yeah. We never said nothing else matters. Right. right. And so that's what we're doing with sexism. Women in golf matter. That yeah. doesn't mean that the guys don't matter. We're just saying... Let's pause Just highlighting and evaluate. them a bit because in for so long, women have been neglected. And even on the professional level, we get so many comments, whether it's regarding the length of the course and we're not as good as the men. Why don't we get as much TV time? Why are the purses so much smaller than the men? And, you know, and people will say, oh, because it's a business. People I are mean, not watching the, it. You'll see every excuse imaginable. Obviously, some are valid. You know, it is a business. Yes, some are valid. But why can't we work to improve it? Why is this a conversation that we can't have? Why do people get so defensive about it? Um, you see it throughout society, women fighting for equal pay, women wanting to become, have a seat at the table and have a voice. So in golf, it's the same thing. So I just, I hope the episode gave people another light, another, I guess. Another, uh, another lens. Lens. Another lens, yeah, of seeing what we've experienced, what Doug has experienced as a man and... Yeah. Why do you think that episode was important or what, what was the feedback you received? Because you told me you got a lot of interesting feedback, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really don't have much to say about the episode. I mean, I think there were some valid points shared from all parties involved and golf 
you know, it's, golf's got to get better in so many ways, you know, but there's certain communal things that we have that are or the status quo in our, in our society that, that leak into everywhere else, you know, from, you know, if you ever see a slow driver on the highway, you automatically assume it's a woman, like, right? You never say, hey, speed up, fella, you know, or if a, if a guy is walking with a dog and the dog happen, happens to be female, people that greet the dog always say, hey, hey, puppy, hey, boy. How's your, you know, they think it's the guy like, you know, there's those things in society that that are there, you know, and having an episode highlighting women's achievements and women in golf, it's only going to help. I'm just indifferent, man. Like it is what it is. Like it, it is what it is about race. It is what it is about women's. But at the end of the day, we got to be tolerant and we have to be able to listen to all sides of, of a point and, and hear all sides out. You know, I think Cheyenne talking about calling it ladies tees. Like that should be that should really be a discussion, right? Like I never thought about it until we did the episode. I didn't either. <laughs> like, right? The ladies tees. Yeah. Like how exactly how um how rude. Like how forceful is that statement? <laughs> hey, you have uh You have boobs. You have boobs. You have to tee up fifty red yards tees, in front. Right. Because you, you have you red tees. automatically cannot hit it. As well as I can. Exactly. You know. <laughs> no, but it also makes the men, I noticed that in the comments, it makes the men think that they are less of a man well, look, here's right. the thing. if they like, use those teeth. Yeah. Even, sure. even if they need to. It's an ego. It's an ego thing. Even if they need to. Men, there are some girls out there that'll kick your ass in this damn game of golf. Like, like just bust you all up and down. Like, you go play heads up with Cheyenne or, or Mariah Stackhouse or, or Christy Kerr, they're going to bust your ass. Morgan Pressel, she's phenomenal. Like, Lexi hits the ball phenomenally. Shasta Everhart. These girls will kick your ass, and I feel like you're going to have to, like, just deal with it. Like, women hit it as far as we do. They can play the back tees, too. Like, you can play the back tees, Shy. Like, you just, you know, it's, it, back tees are not going to prepare you for the links you're playing on the LPGA, right? You know, but you can step back there and bang it with James Petty and the like. You know, you can bang mm -hmm. it with all of us. So, um, I, I, I feel like we've got so far to go and and that's why i'm, I'm kind of like i'm always indifferent about it because it's like we just got so damn far to go yeah sometimes it gets it's, frustrating right it's like it's i'm like, I don't even know like whatever dude. <laughs> when you like, see all the comments that we received it's like oh i thought we came so far and then you see all this feedback but yeah. the biggest thing is that we were able to put out the conversation and we we were able to kind of create a space where we could talk about it yeah. and hopefully some people listen hopefully some people at least heard a little bit of it and have a different perspective of yeah What's going on? I think a lot of people received it differently because we saw so many like haters. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's I what I like, noticed. That was the I feel thing. Like with, I feel like with this show, man, like people really feel like me and Cheyenne, we just up here talking stuff. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? We just talking stuff and <laughs> and we just throwing throwing whatever out about golf into the in the stratosphere. But we see everything, right? We see we see the folks that 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 praise the show. We see the folks that downplay the show. That you know say we suck, and we see the the fans that want to date Cheyenne. No one's saying that we suck, we see, by the way. We see. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but we see everything. So I just feel like you know, in this society that we live in, where it's so easy to get a hold of people, people, it's easy to it's easy to like use your thumbs to spell mm -hmm. some stuff, right? It's easy to hate on somebody when you when you thumbing it. Yeah. Some people can't even do that, right? right you know here. what I'm saying? Like there and there, right? Yeah. But Yikes. that's my pet peeve. But nobody says this stuff to out face to face. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's one of the things that, that I'm I'm more stressed out about that you know with the show than I am stressed out about the women's rights in golf. It's like <laughs> we got all these haters that that won't say nothing to our face. Like I think that's interesting. You know, being trolled and those type of things. Yeah. It's like people really use our platform to spread hate. 
you know, and <laughs> it's like the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. So, I mean, we welcome all the haters and the feedback. I appreciate y'all because that means we're doing something good. Keep but listening. At the same time, we see all that stuff. So I got a list and I'm going to be hollering to most of y'all that hate <laughs> You yeah. took it way too right. far. I had to go somewhere with That's it. a nice little rant you went you know, on, Doug. You. You know <laughs> All right, so let's get personal. Gotta get the content. Oh, out. personal. So let's get real personal. Oh, oh wait, let's get really personal. See, Whoa. Doug is rubbing off on me. Real, really? He's Kentuckian, okay. rubs off on me. So <laughs> I'm just trying to drink. Let's go. Watch that logo. Cheyenne, I want us to address <laughs> the elephant in the room. Mm. I know you get this question all the time. All the time. <laughs> but I have to I ask, wonder what it is. <laughs> who does your hair? You know what? <laughs> I was actually really excited because... Are we really talking about this? Okay. I was out. actually really excited because when I was in Grand Rapids, I found this black um, hair salon. And I got my hair cut and styled. And, you know, with curly hair, it's hard to trust people who do your hair. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. So I was pumped. So I yeah, I got my hair done in Grand Rapids. Well, I got to get the person that does it here because I need some help. So the other elephant, <laughs> the other elephant <laughs> in the room. <laughs> I know that this is the least favorite question that you get asked all the time. And it's related to your uncle, to Tiger. What are the craziest things that you hear on the road from people? You know, the comments of, we were talking about this early, the comments of wanting to get a photo because it's the closest they'll get to Tiger. Disrespect. I've gotten that. That's just rude. That is rude. I can't count how many times. I think the funniest ones are when people don't know that I'm I'm related. And, you know, you're sitting on an airplane and they just hear you play golf and they want to make a comment about what's going on with Tiger, especially like years ago. And, um, you know, the truth comes out <laughs> when people don't know you're related. <laughs> what so do you those say are to always them? funny. I always back Tiger up. I always back him up. People go through stuff. You know, life happens and injuries happen. And so I always have his back. But it is funny because once people know that you're related, you see them flip like that. Oh, yeah. They so, sing praises. Oh, yeah. They, they're your best friend. So <laughs> um, those are the funniest, though, when people don't know. Mm. So now another question you meet a lot of people, again, on the road, mm-hmm. and you're a lovely, intelligent woman. Why, thank you. And you have quite the male following, <laughs> which I'm always laughing Drum at the comments that they Drum leave. Roll, please. Yeah, I don't know how to get more female followers. <laughs> <We're>, uh, <laughs> you're doing well. You're I doing have well like in 95% guys that follow no, me. No, it's not that high. I don't know. I think <laughs> What is the worst pickup line <laughs> that a guy has ever Slid the tried on you? They slide in the DMs. Oh, the DMs are in person. The worst ever is always when they try to challenge you to golf. Oh, that's the worst. That's so disrespectful. By far, like that's how they try to get. Yeah, that's get their in. kind of intro, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey," or they want a lesson. Like, first of all, on a first date, I don't want to give you a golf lesson, I and I don't want to take your I asked for that. But it's, that's a different dynamic. It's <laughs> 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 <That was> different. <laughs> that was totally me it's on different. our first date. It's different. For me, I don't know. I just, I play golf every day, and it's my job. And, like, if a guy tries to say, oh, I bet I can beat you, first of all, you can't beat me. And it's not cute <laughs> that you think you can because <laughs> you're dumb. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but Shasta real, and I real talk Cheyenne about this all out. the time. Yeah. We get it a lot. And I I don't think it's a... So for everyone out there, just don't do that. Just it's don't. not a good way to slide in there. What, what kind of guy... What kind of things can a guy say to get on your good side? What kind of show is this? 
<laughs> this is a matchmaking show for Cheyenne. Wow. <laughs> Let me make some phone calls. What, the crowd what? wants to know. Uh, just a genuine person who genuinely wants to get to know me and treat me well. <laughs> and have a six pack. And nah, be yeah, you know, dad bods are in though. Dad bods are totally dad in. Dad bods are in. Don't let this <laughs> fool you right here. Dad bods are in. We so, out here. You know. when, you, when you plus 30, you know what I'm saying? You got, you got like a couple Dude, options. Things change after 30, yes. that's for sure. It's all uphill, baby. It's all uphill. Doug, can you give her some dating <laughs> advice? You know, um, hmm, no, I can't. None. I've met my wife on Bumble, so. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead and swipe right. That's all I got to say about that. All right. I got to get on my app game. Yeah, get your step your app game up. You know. Yeah. Or just go back to the well somewhere you've been the before. What? The, the well. well. The, the well. The wishing well. Go back to the well. You know, the well never runs dry. Like your what? friends. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Let's just edit over. that. I've never, that's an old man phrase. Go back to the well means like <laughs> you can always go back to the well where there's water to drink. Okay. So like it's a, a past person that you've oh, been no. with, go backwards. We don't go backwards. Oh, Lord. I mean, <laughs> we no. only move forward. We don't go backwards. All right, fine. Doug. You know what? Last time I tried. That's my advice. Look, and you shut down. Shut down. Don't get dating <sighs> advice from Doug. Yeah. Never <laughs> again. I'm married. I'm old. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. So what is the one thing or ideal in your life that you will not compromise on? For me, it would be happiness. And no matter what you do is... If it's making you happy, then go for it. And if not, it's not worth it because nothing is worth sacrificing that. <laughs> she delivered that so well. That's right. <laughs> One thing I won't ever give up on is, is having passion and being passionate, right? Like, I don't think that's not something that I can allow anybody to sway me left or right on. Like, my passions are my passions. And those are things that I hold near and dear. Like, this game, my relationships with my friends, family. You know, those are things that I'm passionate about and I care a lot about. So those are things that I'll never, I'll never bend on, never change. Um, if you in my circle, you know, I got, a, I got an expression in my boy Troy back in Ohio. We always say you got to be underneath the umbrella in case you get rained on. So Aww, those are one of the things that cute. we hold, Ella, we hold Ella. really <laughs> just ruined my whole moment. <laughs> what a, what a dream Chris Brown, uh, that wasn't Chris that Brown. Was Rihanna. That was Rihanna. Actually, you know, that song was written was for, Rihanna. it was written for by Chris Brown. By the Dream. It's yeah. written for Chris Brown, but he passed and got to Rihanna. And then it went. Oh. And that's how the Dream well, started saying, Radio Killer. Killer. Anyway. All right, next question. So if you're under the umbrella, you're good. Yeah, if you're under the umbrella, man, you can't get rained on. Staying dry. That's it. You can't get rained on under the umbrella. What's the one thing that people can do that would be like a total deal breaker for you? For what? Dating wise? In life in general. Like, a friend, a boyfriend, whoever. Like, what's one thing that someone can do to you that will make you end the relationship? I'm not a person that forgives people, like, quickly, easy. Like, you, like trust is something that you earn, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if, if you got my trust, which I'm going to give it to you off top, like, you do something to, like, break yep. it. Yeah. Like, I'm giving you the keys to the castle off top. Yeah. I don't have a reason not to trust somebody, right? But when you show me that you 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 going to act otherwise with, mm -hmm. with who we are and information, then... It's like a one strike policy for me. Yeah. I don't give a damn. Like yeah. I'm I'm hella rude when it comes to that stuff. Like Yeah. You like, have to be though. Right. Cuz I'm almost the opposite of I have to have somebody in my life and I'll let them earn their trust. So then if they do show me that I can't trust them, then like you one time and they're done. That's it. 
Yeah. Ain't no, so, I don't do apologies. Trust is huge. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that I told, you know, your whole secret life to ESPN. I think that's a little bit harsh. No, I'm not harsh. No, everybody <laughs> needs a second chance. I ain't about that bull stuff, man. Look, look. I'll listen, though. I'll listen. I'll hear, I'll hear out. you out. Yeah, I'll, I'll hear, hear you out. out, but you already yeah. like. And then I'll and then I'll decide from there. But yeah, trust, being honest. Uh, yeah, those are huge. There's, huge a, there's an expression back home is when somebody shows you who they really are, you got to trust them. That's mm-hmm. my attitude. And so if you're going to start at the top. And, and, and do something to, to portray that, that love or that trust that I got mm-hmm. for you, then, nah, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Going on, go on around to the other side. Last question. What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? Oh, this is sad. <laughs> Don't worry. We have a couple more things. Okay. The hell kind of, this is the last big question. <laughs> um, the biggest thing for me is just that I had a good heart and I made them happy. Or that I lived a good life and that, they love me. <laughs> no, but mainly that I had a, a good heart because that's what one of my, I try to have a good heart and just have compassion for people. So that's my answer. What about you, Doug? I don't know. I've, some things I don't let my mind go to. And I feel like this, that topic is one of them. I try to, I try to, I try to live like day to day and not so much from the end back or the forward beginning mm-hmm. through. Like I don't, I don't want to allow myself to not experience the fullness of each day. So I don't want to, Think too far. I don't want to go where you're trying to take me and then think back. I just want to do what I got to do each day to make me better, to make the people around me better. That's really my attitude. If I do what I'm supposed to do, then everybody around me is good. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just how I think. So if that answers your question, great. But I'm not, I might not answer it the other way. Like if, if (laughs) I do, if I do what I need to do (laughs) every day from, from a grind standpoint, then everybody around me is good. I like it. All right, so last part of this episode. I thought there was the last question. No. <laughs> I got a surprise last part of the episode. Lord have mercy, Jesus. So I just need you to pick one. One. I'm going to throw uh, two options at you. Pick the one you like the most. The first one that comes to mind. Are you going back and forth between us? or No, just, okay. just go when you're okay. ready. Got it. <laughs> Let's see how this plays I'm out. Ready. <laughs> Strong or gentle? Or. <laughs> I don't know what we're referring to. Use your imagination. <laughs> this is horrible. This this, is really you set her up for failure. <laughs> this is really bad. Strong. Say strong. Don't strong. say strong. It could be anything. It could be anything. Say strong. Don't say strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with strong. <laughs> strong. Spicy or sweet? Spicy. I like both, though, but I love spicy food. I'm sweet all day, every day. Sweet tea. Mm. Funny or deep? funny i, I love want... deep i know i was gonna yeah. say that's a tough one though i know funny. i love funny i'd rather yeah. laugh than go deep in the streets yeah, we know that not move. <laughs> <laughs> cart or walking oh, cart for sure oh push cart <laughs> yeah no push i'm riding no day, i'm push carting I'm, I'm that, that wasn't an option i'm gonna throw an audible in here <laughs> my push cart at it depends on where you at. That's my response. Yeah, no. See, no. Doug is not playing by the you rules. You choose one answer. Walking. Okay. <laughs> the club or a movie? The club. I like dancing. I'm going to go to the club. Dear white people or insecure? Insecure. Dear white people. Dear white people is deeper, though. I like dear white people, though. I like the acting yeah. and the storylines. I like insecure because... I don't know. I like the insecure girls. is funny. It's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I'm, I'm. It's more everyday issues that we deal with, whereas dear white people is like the institutionalization of college culture. Yeah, see, I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> do 
Drake or Jay Z? Jay Z. Kind of question is that? <laughs> I'm going. Geez. Wouldn't be no Drake. You saw Jay Z. The there you go. You saw the picture yeah. of Drake. Right, Drake right. lost a bunch of points. Come on, man. Oh, wait, can we talk about that for a no, second? No, we can't why? talk about Drake two gloves, oh, right. man. Wait, why? Why did? He, what happened? Drake well, for people that don't okay, know. Okay, he didn't lose points, but his photographer did. Yes, yeah, photographer's sure. trash. Neither one of them played golf. That's how <laughs> Maybe you know. Maybe they're trolling. You know, Drake likes to troll and get people talking. <laughs> yeah. Drake decided to take a picture on golf course with with two gloves, baseball gloves, two baseball oh. gloves, and a, and teeing a, it up in the middle of the fairway, and a, and a wave cap. Yeah. Oh, no. But he was crouched down like a TLC video. It just was obvious that whoever was there had never played golf before and didn't know how to set him up correctly. It was probably shot on iPhone the way it turned out, too. Yeah, but I, I mean, like our video. I like his music. It's all right, man. But Drake, Drake, look, let me tell you something. There's there's too many athletes out here that can that can be a good mentor for you, Champagne Poppy. Um <laughs> Go ahead and ask one of them, mm-hmm. you know, how to make how to make your golf swag look right. He's in album mode though. Yeah, That's he, what he said. It, he said what? In album mode. She must oh. she must have got a text or something because <laughs> and no, I ain't seen that no. That's what he said, said when I asked in him. the caption. <laughs> it's coming soon. Oh, plug! That was a shameless plug. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dog or cat? Dog. You said Doug. You said Doug. I said Doug. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's hard because I have an accent. Okay. Dog or cat? Dog. Dog for sure. I hate cats. But I love cats too. I don't like cats. You so like both ways. She loves animals. You got a rat. You got a little Stuart. (laughs) I probably would if I could. Birdies or BS? Birdies. (sighs) birdies all day <laughs> and that's it thank you so much for playing cool, with that me that was fun this was nice right yeah you're we should welcome. do that again sometime. you're welcome for taking over our show today <laughs> well I'm, I'm glad that you finally got some camera time because yeah. she is the brains behind all of this absolutely and does a lot of hard work so thank you yeah. i appreciate that well hopefully we can do this again some other time in a maybe even in a different location other than our kitchen yeah but Thank you guys for tuning in and for joining us in this very intimate moment of Birdies Not BS. And you know where to find us, IG, Facebook, all the socials, Birdies Not BS or BirdiesNotBS.com. That's where we at, y'all. 